over a hundred girls a night are trafficked or exploited in a hundred in Metro Atlanta. Welcome to the Southside Show, your local news and information source for Atlanta's South Side. Welcome to the Southside Show. I'm your host, Artie Jones III. The Southside Show will introduce you to talented individuals, visionary leaders, innovative entrepreneurs, and game changers that make us Southside strong. Today's guest is Mary Frances Foley, Executive Director of Wellspring Living, and Christian Murphy, Deputy Director of Wellspring Living. How are you doing, ladies? We're doing great this morning. Thank you. Happy to be here. All mm -hmm. right, great. Well, thank you for coming and visiting with us here on the Southside Show. Now, um, Wellspring Living, what is Wellspring Living exactly? Yes, Wellspring Living is an organization that provides support to survivors of human trafficking. We are a place that where we are providing hope and healing. We're providing education and housing for women and youth through residential care and community-based services. Looking forward to them having a bright future that erases some of the horrible things that have happened in their past. Okay, all right. Well, great. And you're here on the south side of, mm -hmm. of Atlanta. There's yeah. a great things going on the south side. And the south side show is about, you know, magnifying the positive things mm. that are going on because lots of times the mainstream media, yeah. they focus on the negative. That's right. Um, so, Wellspring Living, and um, tell me a little bit about your background first, mm -hmm. Mary. Well, um, my profession was I was a kindergarten teacher. And, Imagine that, a kindergarten uh -huh, teacher. Yeah, <laughs> so not really my chosen career uh, where I am now, but it's the best one I've ever been in. Right. Uh, a group of women of t over 21 years ago were really mortified at some of the things we saw happening to women in communities mm -hmm. and decided that we wanted to do something. And so we opened a home uh, just for women to have the opportunity to step into their future and mm -hmm. provide them access to care of things that they needed. And um, the very first young woman that walked through our doors actually was a survivor of human trafficking. She wow. had run away from home when she was 16 and terrible things happened in another city. She got away from her trafficker, but because she didn't have an intervention, it began to happen over and over again until she walked through our doors. And once she walked through our doors, we realized she needs more than just a safe place. Right. She needs that healing with therapy. She needs that education and career readiness. And she needs a pathway towards stability and housing. And so those very pillars that we began Wellspring Living with are the things that lead us as we're working with the youth that we're working with today, as well as over 350 women and youth um, every year. Okay, so how long have you been with Wellspring Living? Since day one, day 21 one. years. Wow, yeah. wow, okay. And Christian, yeah. um, you're the deputy director. How long have you been with Wellspring Living? So I started about 90 days ago. <laughs> I've not been here for 21 years, uh, but really enjoy working with Wellspring Living. And as someone who's been in the fundraising space for advocating for women and youth for 12 years, mm -hmm. this is just kind of a natural fit for where I'm going in the future. And I really love the work that Wellspring Living has done. It's been a great 90 days, I have to say. <laughs> yes, yes. I think I met with you. How long ago has it been now? About oh, the first time? 45 to yep. 60. That's right. Halfway yeah. in? Yep. Something like that? Right. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Yeah, well, I, I mean, you guys are doing some fantastic things, mm -hmm. uh, extraordinary. So about 
the, I guess, the, the young ladies that you guys work with, um, um, what are some of the youngest ages mm -hmm. of the, the young yeah. women that you work mm -hmm. with and what are some of those services that you provide sure. them? Yeah, we work with youth actually beginning at the age of 12. Um, and that happened because Mayor Franklin back in 2007 came to me and said, hey, I know what you're doing with women, but we really need your help with our girls that are getting bought and sold on our streets, rape for profit. And uh, so we began in 2008 serving girls 12 to 17. Okay. And then in the year 2020, the year we'll never forget, uh, we began to serve boys as well. So all genders. So we're working with youth, all genders, 12 12 to 17 and women 18 and up um, and really providing those that residential care that that therapy all those intense services that help people recover from the trauma of human trafficking mm -hmm. and your guests probably know but over a hundred girls a night are trafficked or exploited a hundred? in a hundred in Metro Atlanta right um, we know that it uh, any any person that's experience trafficking, if they don't have a safe place to go, 80% of them are going to go back into that because what do they have as an option? And we also know that adult survivors, that only 67% of them never get their high school diploma. And so because of those very critical facts, um, we want to provide the right kind of care so they can have a bright future because they're very smart and they're resilient. And once you give them access to those opportunities, they truly can be incredible people. Um, I could tell you a million stories, it, feels, it seems like, of great things that can happen once they can get the type of care they need. Right. I've been a part of a, a program like mm -hmm. the one that you guys are over yeah. in Southeast Georgia. And at the time, you know, our program, it only provided maybe a safe place mm -hmm. for a short period of time. Mm -hmm. But there was a lot that wasn't taken care of, like mm -hmm. the psychological scars yeah. that um, you are often, you know, suffer from when mm -hmm. you're in that situation. Mm -hmm. What type of services do you guys provide as far as mental health and things yeah. of that nature so that they don't, you know, um, mm -hmm. end up in the same situation yeah. or end up passing it on to the next right. generation? So we have a connection with the psychiatrists okay. who are really making sure that the mental health needs are met and mm -hmm. if there's any medication needs that are that are needed, we're able to provide that. Uh, but we have licensed professional therapists on our staff. So they're giving individual sessions at least probably twice a week with our youth and many times with our women as well and then group therapy helping them to truly work through their trauma we're trauma focused so we're using a lot of modalities to really meet their individual needs i think the piece that's so valuable in the way that we work is we want to look at each person as a person of dignity and we want to meet them where they are and provide the care that they need. We also have social workers that are at every one of our programs that are looking at what resources do they need. So if we have a woman that's in our community program and she doesn't have appropriate housing because she's not naturally living with us, we're trying to help her with that. So really, does she need food? Does she need clothing? Does her children need diapers? So all those wraparound services are part of what we do.
Yeah, and I think as you think about that individualized plan that happens for both our youth and our women, we're really thinking on focusing on their goals, what they want to achieve in yeah. life, yeah. and making sure that we are providing those needs or finding those resources that they need, just as Mary Frances said. And, and so as you think about focusing on their healing, the healing is what really creates the opportunity for true transformation. You need the healing while you have that sim that simultaneous stable housing in order to really kind of let down some of those mm -hmm. guards so you can kind of get to the root cause mm -hmm. of, of where they are, why they are where they are, um, but also really understanding how do we make sure that we're thinking of them as a, from a strength-based yeah. approach. And so I, I really appreciate how Mary Frances talks about it. it's not any one look and feel because I think that sometimes people are used to hearing like, and this is how it works from A to Z. Unfortunately, um, in this space, we have found that it most the best success really happens when you're thinking of what does this one person in front of me need right, right now. Exactly. Right. And I think the piece of education is so valuable mm -hmm. because honestly, if you don't have a good education, if you are not prepared for a career, mm -hmm. how can you have long-term success? I think our goal is that when someone walks through our doors, we want to be sure that we serve them and we help to launch them into the future they choose to go toward. Mm -hmm. When I visited with you guys about a month ago, um, you provided me with a, a tour mm -hmm. and you provided me with some, uh, like a, a theatrical type um, understanding of what a young person would go through um, if they were in your program versus if they were not in your program. Could you talk to our Southside show guests somewhat about that process mm -hmm. to give them an understanding of what the day of the, yeah. in the life of an individual yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. And so um, what Artie's talking about is called the Heart Walk. And as part of our tours, um, we do try to start there at the very beginning. And so we walk through a day in the life. And so Mary Frances often reads, um, what does it look like for the life of a woman mm -hmm. um, of adult age? Um, at, starting in the morning, having her coffee. And I start as the voice of of a, a child, um, someone who is being sexually exploited. And we have people literally come with us along the walk as we read, we do the narrative part. Um, we found that over time, it's really important that the brain processes things in different ways. And so as you walk with us and hear these things and someone's reading it to you, although you're reading it as well in front of you, it helps you to process it differently. It can be a little emotional. Um, Mary Frances and I have been doing this just for the past 90 days. I like reading the voice of the youth because I think it's really important that people acknowledge and feel that most often women who look like me are four times as likely to be victims of sexual exactly. exploitation as adults, but also four times as likely to be victims of exploitation as youth. Yes. So I think it's really important that we are clear that um, those who suffer often look like me. And so um, I think there's it's a good way of really starting off this tour in a way that gets you to understand from day until evening until someone has the resources or the help that they need, like Wellspring Living provides. Um, it can look very different than what you think of for a typical 12-year-old. Okay, all right. Well, uh, Mary Frances, um, I know that you said you started off as a, a kindergarten a yep. teacher, and yeah. had you always, did you always want to be a teacher, or kind of where you fell into? Yeah, actually, you know, my grandmother was a teacher, my mother was a teacher. It was okay. like the, it family the family profession, right? <laughs> right. 
But quite frankly, um, my oldest brother had Down syndrome okay. and I found myself defending him a lot on the playground right. to the point of giving people bloody noses if they were making fun of him. <laughs> and so innately, that was a, became a part of who I was. And so right. when this opportunity really presented itself and I had the just the, the really heart to move into it. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like Christian has the sa some of the same stories mm -hmm. because you have to kind of be prepared to be a defender, mm -hmm. to be a part of this. Not the fact that we're gonna save anybody. We're not, this, we're not gonna be uh, looking as the one that's gonna be the hero in the story because actually our participants are the heroes that will walk through a door where they don't even know what to expect. Mm -hmm. But we need to be there to really defend them and be to be a voice for them and advocate and encourage them and empower them to be who they've been called to be. Okay. So, yeah. And then Christian, um, you said that you have been, I guess, doing fundraising for 10, 12 years yes. now. Where did you come from as far as professionally? Yeah. Um, so I have to say I'm originally from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm not from the Tulsa, south side of Atlanta. Okay. Um, but I think that's a very important part of my story because, as many people know, in 1921 was the Tulsa Race Massacre. Mm -hmm. My grandmother, who is 92 years old, was the only one of her siblings who do not live, who wasn't born at the time, but all of her siblings lived through that. And so as I think about the trauma, uh, the generational trauma that my family has experienced growing up as the daughter of also funeral home owners in the community, I knew at a very young age how important it is to be a resource for others. And um, I think that business and that experience growing up and then coming to Spelman really helped me to find my focus and my passions in helping women and youth. Okay. All right. Well, let's get, let's get back to... We, we were talking about the kind of the root cause of, mm -hmm. but I look at the root cause as the people that are actually exploiting mm -hmm. the young, the, our, our youth. Yeah. What is being done on the side of keeping those exploiters away from, uh, I guess, away from the, the young people mm -hmm. um, once they, they've come to your program? Mm -hmm. What do you guys do to be able to kind of alleviate that? Right. So we are not people that go after the traffickers. That has right. to be law enforcement. But we are assisting them because we provide for them the forensic interviews. We provide for them the forensic evidence so that they can actually prosecute the, the exploiters without our participants having to testify in court, which is a big change right. from what had been happening before 2020. So that's our way of doing it. I think the other piece that we have to always think about is that you know, we've talked about this a lot. Mm -hmm. Our kids are not going to look like um, what people expect them to look like. Right. In other words, over 90% of our youth are in the foster care system. Mm -hmm. So something's mm -hmm. not working at home and they don't feel valued. That's I mean, true. don't you feel like yeah, that's part of it? I think that's a very good point. Um, and I think understanding how, I mean, we, across the South Side, but across really the state of Georgia and across the country, unfortunately, you know, there are families um, of various need and often there are traumatic experiences that are happening as a part of the root cause for victims in particular. Um, I cannot speak what it, for what it looks like on the other side because again, that's not our area of focus, but understanding that um, I think Mary Frances, but also there have been countless other women and men who have bound together to make sure that we're being thoughtful about Georgia laws and yes, advocacy yes. for victims. 
Um, there have been a lot of great law changes that have happened in the recent years, even since I was at Spelman and when we started the youth program in 2007, that have made a difference for making sure that victims have protectors, but also that um, those perpetrators, those, um, those Johns are also prosecuted appropriately. Yes. Okay. I understand you guys are uh, embarking upon a very <laughs> large project, a large expansion yeah. with Wellspring Living. Um, this question is to both of you guys. If you had $100 million between both of you guys, how would you spend that money? Do you want, how about I go first? Okay. And then I'll, you I'll go. I'll in the blanks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the 21 year person probably has a lot more things in mind. Um, but you're right, Artie. We are embarking on a $20 million capital campaign to enhance one of our properties so that we can do more things on one site. Mm -hmm. We call that the continuum of care, really ensuring that when someone goes to our, through our doors, that um, there's some consistency. Mm -hmm. And so having more services on one site helps them to not feel like they're moving from place to place. They are familiarity with our staff and trust, yeah. which is really important in transformation mm -hmm. for anyone. Um, but then also I'd say if we get to that 20 million, we build those buildings. We have additional buildings that we have in mind for the phase two. So I'd say we build those ongoing residential programs that yeah. we know are so desperately needed, especially for young adults. Mm -hmm. um, but all, I mean, housing, of course, we all know is a crisis in mm -hmm. our community. Yes. Um, and so really having affordable housing options for young adults and, and women is a really critical component of this work. And so I'd say we do phase through phase two of that campaign. And Mary Francis, I think you might agree to this. I mean, our staff is amazing. Yeah. We are yeah. very fortunate mm -hmm. to be working with some amazing top-notch professionals that are very passionate about this work. Mm -hmm. And I think we give more support to, to support them yes. um, and yeah. to grow the team as appropriately to fit mm -hmm. the unfortunately growing need for yeah. our work, um, but also we do a lot of great training for other organizations, individuals across the country. And I think $100 million could give us more scholarships to really have that uh, that training opportunity available for yeah. more organizations to do that well, so that we can inspire more change across the country and the world. But okay. I'm so, sure you have yeah. other ideas. Well, think about that. <laughs> From the South Side to across the nation and maybe That's the right. world mm -hmm. would, be would be a great impact. Right. I think of uh, a, an email I got not long ago mm -hmm. from uh, the complex placement coordinator at DFACS. And she said, we would do anything to have more beds at Wellspring Living because we see what you're doing is, is bringing great results. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be adding more opportunities for youth to have a safe place to get the services they need from ages 12 to 17 and also those kids that are aging out of foster care that don't really have mm. a great option for housing and for care. We're also looking, as Christian said, our women, they can get into great jobs through our Women's Academy, but they also need that housing stability. And mm -hmm. so being able to uh, uh, to be able to build those on that property is going to be important. And we have this little side conversation with other people in the city of South Fulton <laughs> about some other property that we would love to really be a part of the community and bring more options that is going to make a difference for all of our, the whole metro Atlanta area. Because when we can provide access to the medical care and to the education needs and just those basic needs of people that are vulnerable, we're lifting up our community to be better. Right. So we need that $100 million. So as soon as you get the check, <laughs> okay. call Christian. Yeah, let me know. I'm ready. <laughs> right, right. Well, Mary Frances, since you've been doing this for 21 years now, could you tell us about a success story that touches mm -hmm. your heart? Yeah. 
You know, um, there's so many stories. Um, I think of a young woman who came into our Women's Academy. That's our community program for women 18 and up. And that's to help them move toward a future uh, career in stable, stabilization. And she, like the 67% of other women who've been trafficked, had not ac accomplished her high school diploma. Yet she was very smart. She came in that fall and she just left within two weeks. She was afraid, she just wasn't ready. She came back in January and in one month, she got her GED, which is pretty hard to do and remarkable. She was smart. She then went on into our career section, which is helping them with Microsoft Office certification and other IT certifications. She got them all. We have incredible partnerships with so many Fortune 500 companies, as well as smaller companies, as well as law firms. And so she was placed at Accenture in her apprenticeship. So it's a paid apprenticeship for 12 weeks. And so she's in there with all these college graduates. And yet she has a high school diploma and she has those certifications, but she doesn't have that college degree. But as I told you, when you give people access to shine and thrive, mm -hmm. they can do it. And mm -hmm. so here she is, day two, and she's leading all those Georgia Tech graduates in how to do these Excel spreadsheets. Wow. So fast forward, that was four and a half years ago. She's living in our, we have a tiny home village up in Ackworth, so our graduate village. Um, she's been there. She's going to be leaving in the next few months but she was hired by Accenture. Mm -hmm. Last summer, she was uh, tapped to be the supervisor for future apprenticeships from Wellspring Living wow. to come to Accenture, and she'll be moving out of her stable housing that has been provided, transitional housing, mm -hmm. next year with over $10,000 in savings. So she's looking at buying a house. Wow. So we're talking about complete life change and transformation. And just think about the leader she is already. I can't imagine what her future looks like. So that's a great story. We have stories yes. of youth, the same thing. Our youth, once they get into school, they are accomplishing one high school credit a month, which is just great for any average person. But right. someone with trauma, it's pretty remarkable. So again, the people that we get to serve are so incredibly smart. And, but they've had some terrible things happen to them. But that isn't the end of their story. That's right. And if we can, if we can continue to provide those services and expand what we can do, more people can see brighter futures. Okay. What is the biggest challenge that you guys are, are, are experiencing right now? Um, I'd say that it's really the challenge that people don't want to see this as a problem. Mm -hmm. I think that it is really easy to hide away and to overlook um, people who often are unseen in our community, and we've been hearing about this for so long, and there's been, we get asked a lot, is this like the movie Taken? And mm -hmm. it's not. Mm -hmm. Every individual story is very different, and I think if we were able to truly see what happens on our own streets and in our own backyards, I think we'd be surprised, of course, and and it would have more energy to do something about it. And so I think awareness is a big challenge that we all face, but in particular, trying to hide away from the, the ugly sights of our city that we don't want to acknowledge. Right. I think stepping into funding this campaign is a challenge 
because it's easy to say, I'm going to give so much money to someone that provides food because you give the food and you've done your work. Right. With this, it's much it's a much longer and harder and messier process, quite frankly. A lot of Yeah, that's so true. I feel like that's a challenge. And finally, um, as you well know, since COVID, we our whole country has mental health uh, needs. Mm -hmm. And uh, the need for those therapists is overwhelming. And we're seeing that, that our, our kids and our women's needs for um, to overcome their trauma is deeper than it has ever been. Yeah. And also finding those people that have all the skills to actually meet those needs has been a challenge. We're, you know, work every day and we have some great people, mm -hmm. but I think that's an ongoing um, opportunity for us to grow. Yeah. What is a common myth um, in your field that mm -hmm. you think that you'd like to clear up? Yeah. I think everybody thinks it happens in Vietnam and in Asia and Thailand and it's not happening in the United States. Yeah. But it is. We only serve domestic survivors, not even, not foreign born. And we are seeing great need. Um, at Milton Little just mentioned that there's 500,000 children who are living in poverty in Metro Atlanta. Mm -hmm. That's 500,000 children that are vulnerable toward trafficking. Mm -hmm. So there's a huge need for us to don't think that the need has been solved. Right. This problem hasn't been solved and trafficking embraces all of the things that are going on socially for our society. Mm -hmm. Poverty, homelessness, lack of employment, food insecurity, all of that's wrapped up in trafficking. So it's important that we don't not see. We have to see it and we have to move into action. Right. Well, for our Southside show guests, I know that once they see this show, they're going to you know really, they're going to say, well, how can I help? Yeah. What can I do? Mm -hmm. What can they do? Yeah. So I think one of the first things you can do is to find us online. You can visit www.wellspringliving.org. We're also on social media <laughs> um, for those who like to follow us to learn more. There are always great opportunities on how to volunteer. I wouldn't be a fundraiser if I didn't say that it's also important to give of your resources. And so I think as we think about the listeners and ways that they can help, Think about making a meaningful gift to an organization that's been dedicated in this work for a long time, mm -hmm. but you have an opportunity to do something to really help help women and youth in our community shine. So that's one of the things I would say mm -hmm. about that. Okay. Yeah. I think that it's so important that when we see something, we do something and we say something. And so if, you're, if people have seen the show, I would love for them to talk about it with their friends mm -hmm. because the more people that are talking about it, the more opportunities for creative ideas and innovative solutions to be involved in the care for survivors. All right, okay. Was well, there anything that you'd like to leave our Southside show guests with? Mm -hmm. I think that the most important thing I could say to your guest is that um, Trafficking is happening everywhere. It's all around us. It's hidden because some of it's online. Um, it's also just sometimes we don't see it because we're just not looking for it. So I would say, please open your eyes. If you see a vulnerable child, please do something to make a difference in that child's life. And please know that every survivor of human trafficking is a person, a person who has great potential. And we need to do whatever we can to lift that person up because that's how we change our society. That's how we change community for, 
the better. And we can all do something. All right. Well, thank you, ladies, Mary Francis, Christian. Thank you so much for what you're doing. And uh, we, anything that the Southside Show can do to assist, please let us know. We're thank here you. to support you. We appreciate thank you so that. Much. All right. Thank you. And that's a wrap, folks. My time is up. I'm Artie Jones, your host of the Southside Show, bringing you the latest and the greatest that the Southside has to offer. And if you don't remember anything else from this episode, please remember this. Don't, don't sleep, sleep on, on the, the Southside. Side. Thank you for tuning in.